I, well, I've sort of had uh, over the, the 10 years I've been on Twitter, I've sort of, I was at what I considered like my co- a comfort level of, of Twitter famous, which was not famous at all. Like I had like around 2,700 followers and, you know, I had people who I didn't know responded to me, but after a while there was just a certain number of them, you know, I got used to seeing these familiar names. I'm like, you're not my friend, but you know, I notice you, I, I recognize your name when you talk to me, you're one of the people who talks to me, but now I've gained about over 3000 more followers. And it's, it's like, suddenly I've been pushed onto the stage of a small music venue and it's, it's three thousand. And I'm like, hello, what do you, what do you want? But now you're, and you all want me to, to hear your opinions and I'm, I'm not quite ready for that. So it's been, an, it's been an interesting uh, experience of going back to my normal life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame and other stuff. Episode 57. I'm Jamie Berger. My guest this episode was going to be the return of poker player and now mainstream Wall Street Journal bestselling business book author Annie Duke. But that's going to have to wait a week because something fun and interesting happened on Twitter last week. A tweet that you will hear about by someone I don't know that someone else I do know or follow must have retweeted went viral and the responses to it were fascinating. And the the tweeter's responses to it and her thoughts about having gone viral were also very interesting. So I contacted, I DM'd Whitney Reynolds, who is a writer, podcaster, and tweeter. I'll tell you how to find her at the end of the episode. Based in Brooklyn. And I asked her if she wanted to talk about it. And she said yes. So we had a conversation on Skype about her whirlwind week of Twitter virality. Uh, I think this, this episode also is... Is would be will be useful and interesting to those of us who are either completely unfamiliar with Twitter, which I am not anymore. I've become, as I say in here, I think an advanced beginner or a low intermediate level uh, tweeter, though a Facebook super user making the late leap over to Twitter. Uh, so there's a lot to you know. I, I I hear a lot of people talk about their frustration or confusion with Twitter, and and hearing from someone who has who has been in deep Twitter for a decade is fascinating. I think I hope you do too. Uh, and Whitney will tell you about the tweet and then I'll tell you some places to find some of the great responses to it, but I don't want to say too much about it beforehand, except to say that the, the tweet, her tweet came from two other tweets and led to thousands of amazing responses. Uh, from the hilarious to the poignant to the kind of sad, which led to some press coverage in places like Huffington Post and I believe L online, which led to a BBC radio 
interview with Whitney and an offer to do a BBC uh, video interview, which she'll tell you about her decision on that. And which also led to with something that whether, whether I like to admit it or not at this point in my life, is certainly a fantasy of mine. And I got the idea was a, was a, a dream of hers as well, which is that it led to a New Yorker article. Links to all those things will be in the episode page. Um, sadly, I forgot to ask her about how it felt to be in the New Yorker. And also, there's one other factor I forgot to mention. that Maybe she'll respond to either of these in a tweet. Uh, is that, that, that if you Google Whitney Reynolds, you will get a lot of links to a uh, very well-intentioned, inspirational Chicago-area PBS TV host. That's a completely other Whitney Reynolds. If you Google Whitney Reynolds male authors, then you'll find uh, the tweet and a lot of stuff about it. And you might want to, uh, as you listen to this or before you listen to this, go to the tweet and see some of the responses. Whitney Reynolds and I spoke via Skype on Saturday, April uh, 7th, about five or so days from the original tweet. Hello. Hello, Whitney Reynolds. Hello, Jamie Berger. <laughs> uh, or, or as you're known on the other side of the pond. Whit Reynolds. Whit. Yeah. Whit Reynolds. Did, did she just take liberties? Well, I was sort of just trying. I had changed my display name to Whit Reynolds, and I was seeing uh, if I liked that. And I think after hearing a BBC presenter say it and realizing <laughs> that I don't like it, I changed my, I was like, no, I, I gave that a go, but I think we're going to stick with Whitney. My friends, my friends and family call me Whit, so I was trying, yeah. trying it out, trying it on, but yeah. no, that no. that's <laughs> that's that failed the test run. Okay, it felt it felt like she was trying it on as well. So <laughs> it might have sounded more comfortable if she had gotten to know you as Whit. <laughs> um, hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So, I've been kind of torn on how to start this because most people. I know, because I was spent most of my life in cities, but for the past dozen years, I'm in Western Massachusetts. And most of the people who listen to this aren't in Western Massachusetts, but are not, are the confused about Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, as was I, and still am, I would call myself something of an advanced intermediate after two years of struggling, basically, based on the podcast to be more present. And as a like former Facebook super user freak. Um, so would you be willing to explain your past week as you would to a semi Twitter literate person? Yeah, I've, I've already been thinking about how am I going to, going to explain this to my therapist who is not Twitter, li Twitter literate at all. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm deep Twitter. I'm deep into Twitter and I've been using it for 10 years and it's where all my friends live and, and it's, it's a big part of my life. Um, so somebody tweeted, uh, an, uh, an author named Gwen Katz tweeted something about male authors. It, she had an example of a male author who claimed that he was good at writing women. And the example was just a piece of atrocious writing where it's, you know, a woman thinking about how tight her pants were. Mm -hmm. And my friend Kate Leth, the, uh, uh, artist and writer 
uh, responded with giving her own, you know, description of herself in that fashion. And then I responded to that with new Twitter challenge, describe yourself as a male author would. And because Twitter is Twitter, Twitter loves people on Twitter love to talk about themselves. <laughs> so that's that's the I, I've seen this happen a couple times, like when people are like, oh, you, how to find your Star Wars name or like, what's your favorite this or any anything that's like sort of a, a high school like slam book challenge will get people talking. So I had about I have I haven't checked the numbers in a couple days, but it's been several thousand people responding to this describe yourself as a male author would challenge both in my both directly at me and then quote tweeting, which is so that it posts to their feeds and mm-hmm. then other people will see it and then they do it and they do it and so on and so on. I did until, that. <laughs> until virality has I, I muted the thread very quickly because I, I couldn't keep up with the a number of responses. And also, I you know. I, these were strangers. It didn't didn't matter to me what they're. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know you. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. That's. But, that, can we stop right there for one second? Then we'll. That to me is it's it's one of those things where if you haven't ever had anyone pay attention to any of your tweets, yeah, I don't know how to respond to that because I understand that that that's truly you're muting responses, but I'm always so I'm desperate for a response so i want to see every single one and in your podcast this week you uh subcasted me (laughs) i don't don't know if you knew that oh no you said somebody wrote you and i was honored i wasn't you know offended uh you said somebody wrote you saying don't we want all our tweets to be viral no that wasn't even you i don't think it was oh i i did write you that maybe somebody else did too oh yeah um, so, because I don't understand and you, and so I'd love to hear you talk about the, you know, part of talking about fame on this show is not predicting the drawbacks. Yeah. And it's impossible to, for many people who you can tell aren't going to be happy if they get famous, but desire it to realize that. And I'm just curious about how you talk, you also talked about not wanting to do a BBC TV interview after the t- BBC radio interview. So... I, well, I've sort of had uh, over the, the 10 years I've been on Twitter, I've sort of, I was at what I considered like my co- a comfort level of, of Twitter famous, which was not famous at all. I, I had like around 2,700 followers and, you know, I had people who I didn't know responded to me, but after a while there was just a certain number of them, you know, I got used to seeing these familiar names. I'm like, you're not my friend, but you know, I notice you, I, I recognize your name when you talk to me, you're one of the people who talks to me, but now I've gained about over 3000 more followers. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, suddenly I've been pushed onto the stage of a small music venue and it's, it's three thousand. And I'm like, hello, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> Why? And now you're, and you all want me to, to hear your opinions and I'm, I'm not quite ready for that. So it's been, an, it's been an interesting uh, experience of going back to my normal life uh, uh, on, as, as I live it on Twitter, my normal tweeting habits while having this, it's like, hello, new viewers. I Here's, see. Yeah. So you feel responsible to not only be a great tweeter, but to, 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 to that, that, that there's some responsibility that you're either going to accept or to ignore to respond to them. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, I mean, I, 
I don't like I I don't want to feel like I I owe I don't feel like I owe these new followers anything because I didn't ask for them they just they just showed up and I and I keep thinking it was like it wasn't even it wasn't even that good of a tweet it wasn't like one of I I've had a, a couple of tweets to like blow up get a whole bunch of retweets I had like a, a like three or four years ago I had a good a good joke about Kanye got real big oh I'll, <laughs> got, have to, like, I'll, I'll have to find it I, I notice you're not a uh, five star. Uh, you not, 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 I you don't post that. No, I used to, but yeah. I, I think it sort of fell out of favor. Out of favor. Yeah, fave it star. always looks a little fave star. Yeah, it makes more sense than five star, huh? Uh, it always looks a little uh, cheesy to me when I see people. Have it's a little. That. It's yeah. It's it's a little tacky. Just like I had I had somebody um, ask me to change my my pinned tweet, which is the tweet that you can have on the top of your profile. That's always there. Change it to the the viral tweet, and I was like, "Excuse me, no, I'm not changing." That's so, that's so tacky to have your your most your biggest tweet as your pinned tweet, please. And why would someone ask you to do that? I was like, I couldn't I couldn't find it. I'm like, that's your problem. <laughs> and besides, what could be better than your current pinned tweet right now? Yes, my current pinned tweet, which is me looking at a picture of Harry Styles with snow in his hair and drinking directly out of a bottle of wine. I feel that lets people know up front what the what the what the wit experience is going to be. Oh, the I see. Okay, that's a good idea. If if they actually go to my profile and actually look at it, then which I'm sure not everybody does. I I do not I cannot possibly fathom the logic that people use to follow other people on Twitter because everybody's is different. And, you know, mine is different from, you know, my close friends. I, I only follow about 650 people and it's, it's always a, it's always a, a source of debate. It's like, do I, do I want this in my life? Am I going to enjoy reading this? Am I, cause I, or am I going to, is this somebody I want to engage with or I want to speak to or anything mm -hmm. like that? Yeah. I, I keep mine at six, six, six or less. <laughs> Nice. And I feel like I also feel like a lot of the people who follow me, especially people who are more prominent, either perhaps you can tell us as a verified person what you see in terms of other people's feeds or not, because they're all, they're all among among us. Hoi polloi. There's there's there are all <laughs> kinds of rumors that fly around. I'll tell you, being verified has basically no benefits. <laughs> I applied as, as basically as a goof to see if if they would do it and because i i write for a couple of uh i i at least i had the 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 bona fides to say i you know i write for eater and i write for polygon and they were and that, that was and i i'm a i'm a podcaster which i'm now well now i'm cited in in the new yorker and in the guardian and in yes. everything as a writer and podcaster so it feels ever so legitimate and noodle uh, purist you can noodle purist yeah that, that was yeah, that was that was in the times, uh, but the verification. It's like I have in my in the app. I can look at all my replies from everybody, and then like replies just from verified people, which is not that I never use it because because all the the verified people who I follow are just you know a random assortment of people who are in media or in, in mm -hmm. comics and things yeah. like that. It's not they're not exactly the. Like I can see on like a higher level. I don't know if you're somebody with millions of followers, it might be more useful. But yeah, when there's need for verification. When there, when, <laughs> yeah, when you when you want to only be talking to real people, who yeah, there's there's a certain status in in it of, of having the blue check mark, but there's all, there's nothing like all of the um, sort of 
privacy and and quality based like all the muting features I think are now rolled out to every user. Like I, I have, I have it set that I only see replies and mentions and whatnot from people who follow me. So that, you know, that limits it from, uh, you know, seeing just like some, like if, if anybody sent any, anything mean to me about this, I, I didn't see it. I got like one mean DM, but you know, just a, just a rando. That's uh, great. Yeah. It was just one. Just uh, one, and it was like he he tweet he he DM me and said you're ugly, and I was like, and I'm fat too. Thanks for writing. Yes, uh, you yeah, uh, <laughs> and you yeah. I think you uh, uh, you tweeted that. Yeah, I yeah. have a question mm-hmm. about uh, there's so many there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I'm digging into you, and for I'm I'm not digging into you. I'm asking you all these Twitter related questions instead of about this week of fame. But we'll get back to it. <laughs> um, it's well, the Twitter kind of gives it context to. You have to understand how, how Twitter works before even getting on to the what Twitter hath wrought. I asked another verified friend this the other day. I often, if I see someone has tweeted something interesting by someone who isn't verified or who is smaller than they are on Twitter, I will go to the original, and I think it's good, I will go to the original tweeter and, and retweet them. Yeah. But uh, is well, that somehow not giving, say, Andy Zeisler credit for finding it? No, I, I'm I'm of the strong feeling that quote tweets are of good content are stolen valor. Okay. Like I think if somebody made if somebody made a good joke or had a good observation and I have nothing to add to it other than this is good, I I don't you know, I don't deserve I don't deserve to put my my name on it or anything like that. I give I give the credit to the original person. Right. And you wouldn't be offended if you later saw that your friend retweeted it as well without saying they found it from you. No, no, right, I don't. Right. I don't care about that at all. Right. I feel like on Facebook that used to be more of a thing. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to to Twitter, there's just so much that you know worrying about. I'm sure other people worry about this kind of thing or or care, but not me. So that that was the one thing. Oh, and the other thing is the 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 one thing that frustrates me, although I I really understand it, is if you go back to the original post. Uh, was it was it uh, was it from Kate or Gwen? Which one? actually found the quote from the author. Gwen. I understand why my, I'm going to do this by means of a comparison. Uh, I was, uh, the other day I was talking to a friend who, um, I guess, no, my question is simple. It's that I want to know, even though it would make it, it would change the topic and I understand why she didn't do it. I really want to know who wrote that original one. (laughs) Um, yeah. And a lot of people do that. And sometimes I feel like it's just, I, I feel like an outsider and it's in-joke stuff that I, that I don't get to know who it was. But in this case, I understand because it was representing and it many, just, many male authors. And, you know, if you, if you sleuth, you could find it out. And it's just sort of for that, if, you know, somebody has a, a large following, mm-hmm. you're just sort of preventing them you're just preventing abuse yeah. from, you know, yeah. you, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're picking on somebody, but you're not, you know, saying I'm specifically picking on this guy named Doug. Yeah. And now you can all just. <laughs> or changing my name to Jonathan Franzia for any particular reason, <laughs> uh, which you did for a few days. I did. I was Jonathan Franzia for yes. a few days. Yes. Um, I've never, I've never read a word of Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've, I've read, read beginnings I've read, of things. Yeah. I read quoted words to, yeah. to know yeah. that yeah. not good. So I gather that you're, you're a writer from what you were saying. 
Yes. Listening to you and Mark the other day is the first time it really occurred to me that that there's a certain there's an in between category of people on Twitter. There there are, there are super famous people and there are super invisible people. There are people who just want to follow famous people. But then there's a kind of like second life mm-hmm. Twitter person. You aren't because uh, is Whitney Reynolds then either your name or the name you use in public in the world? Yeah, it's it's my name. It's and your it's, name. It's my name and it's what I, I yeah. write under. Yeah. yeah. But when Mark was talking about concern about whether pe- his people at work knew he was on Twitter, I thought maybe he had a pseudonym, but it made me think about people who do have pseudonyms. And that it is like second life for them. Yeah. Yeah. Like several people I follow don't use their real names or they won't use their full name. And their their uh, their at name does not have anything to do with their real name. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. it, it's such a, a different way to look at wanting some attention. And I think, well, I think it's, I guess in a way, yeah, all, not all of Twitter is about specifically wanting attention. For a lot of people, it's about, it's about wanting community and, you know, it, it, that is, you know, that is asking for an attention away, but, you know, it, you know, it's, it, it's a exchange of attention, you know, I, I, I hear you completely. Yeah. Yeah. And some people akin to their face in my Facebook community say, or just have a tighter knit community on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know a lot of people who are, you know, writers and I know people who are in the comics industry and I've sort of, you know, become in this, this Twitter circle of people. And then there, you know, there's like, it's sort of a big Venn diagram of like, I know this, this person from this group and this person from this group. And we all, we all, we all chit chat together. And, you know, I've, I've become friends with, with other people by watching them have a Twitter conversation and then, finding it like you sort of like mingling up at a party and being like hello yeah i haven't yet found much of that i would enjoy it um but maybe it's because of the way i approached it as more of a promotional vehicle for the podcast and i follow a lot of funny people and i want people to think something i wrote i put i tweet was funny (laughs) uh, rather than to meet you know meet or meet up with friends um i was going to talk about a friend of mine because uh I was, uh, you tweeted about turning down the TV interview mm-hmm. and I'm editing, uh, another episode with my friend, Annie Duke poker player, uh, but known perhaps more widely to the public as the runner up to Joan Rivers on celebrity apprentice. Ah. And Annie and I talked about the, uh, what she calls pre-morteming fame. She has a book about thinking about your life in terms of bets and making decisions based on possible outcomes which might not be positive and which you can't control um and in her life as a poker player when internet poker went down and there were all kinds of bitter bitter feuds and she had not just trolls but real life threats you know yeah because she would be in casinos with gamblers (laughs) who were Mm -hmm. angry um and so she's much more protective of it than i have ever known to be because i've never faced that um so were you were you at all torn about doing the tv or were you were just like nope i i was torn and i you know this is this is this week has been this surreal thing of waking up in the morning and like looking in my dms and seeing requests for comment from various journalists and or requests for interviews and i thought about it and i was like well you know this it might be an interesting experience i mean it would be when else you know when else am i going to get to say 
that I was on the BBC and or, you know, and I, and I was just imagining imagining doing it via Skype interview and having my cat crawl across me and have that be viral as well. But I, you know, I, I thought I, um, I thought about it and I just, I had a gut feeling that, you know, it, part of it was that I was, it was the end of this whole, this whole strange week of, of viral fame. And I was just kind of overwhelmed and sort of wanting it to be over. I've sort of, I've sort of marked that this interview is like, it's, it's going to officially be the end of it. I'm honored. <laughs> And after that, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to look to see if anybody has written anything else. And I'm sh- also sure it'll, it'll be over. It's been a, like a week in the life of a tweet is like a yeah. hundred years. Yes. That's why I wanted to get this and, and try <laughs> to edit it tonight and get it on Monday or Tuesday. Um, is this the kind of thing you would tell your parents about? I told my, yeah. I, I told Did they them, get I, it? <laughs> uh, they, I sent them the BBC interview. Ah. Uh... And I mean, I, initially I wasn't going, like it's it, something I wasn't going to, you know, tell co-workers or, or anybody about because it, it just it was it just seemed like this is a crazy thing that's happening on Twitter but then once it got it's like oh the New Yorker wrote about it and I was on the BBC I was like okay I I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to I well the, the strangest thing is I, I posted on Facebook and I almost never use Facebook it's sort of it's 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 just too too uh normcore for me <laughs> yeah and it feels sorry Facebook friends and I do love checking in with you there but it it has come to feel like walking in mud or in, in like running in the water, it just feels so, oh, so many words, <laughs> and it's just a lot of work. But I I posted about you know the the things that I found most notable about this experience, like the New Yorker and then the BBC interview, and I've had like two of my high school teachers, my favorite high school teachers, tell me that they were proud of me. That's awesome. And then like m- one of them multiple times, and then I had a, a friend. Um, a high school friend's mom say she was very proud of me, and it was so nice to see how what an intelligent adult I had grown up into. And then, you know, my aunt is saying congratulations, and it's you know all these people who I don't normally have t- talked to these like <laughs> these grown ups, even though I'm, I'm 35, I still think of them as the grown ups. Yeah, yeah, of course. Are, <laughs> I'm 53, I still think of them as the grown ups. Are, yeah. are are you know giving me. Uh, kudos for what I've done. Well, that's great because it's you know it sounds like I could hear it on your podcast the other day that there was a get a little even though you're like ah oh, there was a giddiness and that you that yeah. I can't say this experience has been bad, but this has been the weirdest week of my life. This has been it's, it hasn't it hasn't been bad. Nobody's nobody's been cruel to me. Nobody's you know harassed me. Nothing. I mean, which is always it's frequently a risk when it comes to viral fame that somebody's gonna get in your face or, or do something bad, but it's, it's been, it's been fine. I mean, the only, I mean, I have the added, you know, weird pressure of suddenly 3000 more people looking at me, but that's fine. It's easier to forget. I'll just go back to my normal posting about Pacific Rim, you know? Yes. Yes. I noticed you're not, you and I don't have that many things we come together on cats. Cats. Uh, there was, what were you reading last night? Fan fiction? Yeah, I was reading. I was reading a big one fan fiction. Just, yeah, I, I, yeah. I've I'm never... like, I mean, I'm just, I'm like, I can't, I can't change who I am just because <laughs> more people. I mean, you guys no, decided. You, you, guys, you guys decided to come here and look at this, and if and if it turns out to not be what you want, you you feel free to leave again. I feel my feelings won't be hurt. Yeah. If, if after the the big wave of all these followers, it's it's mostly died down. Uh, uh, after the, if that if that you know when that dies down, if if then. You know, uh, 
some pe- people go, wait, why did I follow her again? Yeah. What's this? Uh, yep. Another friend of mine made a similar uh, point on the, on, I, I talked to my friend, uh, Daniel Oppenheimer is a writer and we were just talking after the Aziz story, Aziz Ansari story. Yeah. And, and there we, in, in the middle of it, I was like, just what the world needs two two middle-aged white guys talking about me too. And <laughs> I, because I have a lot of guilt about even, you know, feeling like I can be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Jamie, nobody has to listen. <laughs> you know, you're not on NPR. They're not hiring NPR to have two white guys talk about me too. Then you should feel bad. But here, this is your podcast. Nobody has to listen. Yeah, this is this is yeah your yeah, space. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was very uh, uh, useful for me. Yeah. Um. So, I know that I seen you stopped looking at the mentions, and I'm gonna at the end of this or at the beginning bring you know read some of my favorites. Uh. But did you notice before you left that there were some really there were some pretty? It's interesting that I was about the only man. To, as I was just saying, I, I I resist responding to such things, and there were. No, no, I didn't see any. I thought there might be some, like, gay man doing the way a man, a, a, a bro mm-hmm. would describe him, uh, but there wasn't any of that. But there were also a few very serious women. Like, whoa, I could try to do this, and it was upsetting. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. That uh, that was actually like I I noticed those responses more than the ones that were like she breasted boobily down the stairs. I noticed the ones more that you know. Be, uh, that were like I I wouldn't be described at all. I would be invisible because you know when when I tried to write it myself, I'm I'm um, a fat woman. I was like, oh, I would just I wouldn't be in I wouldn't be there in the so narrative. I, yeah, yeah. It's almost like some people didn't weren't used to ever thinking about themselves in the voice of a male narrator. Yeah, weren't were like that whoa it, that it it became impossible to uh, objectify themselves, and which in, it's you know. Is that good? Does that feel good, or does that feel bad? It's sort of it's a it's a weird thing, and I understand why a lot of people sort of didn't have the the most fun with it, or it kind of bummed them out. But that's okay. They participated. They found it a worthwhile thing. But it was it was more upsetting than I you know again as someone who I did see a couple of responses from from actual uh, male authors so for, or from writers who are like, oh now I'm now I'm scared to write women, and I'm like, you just just write women uh... like. That's like, that's like, such a yeah. That's such a cop out response. And I it know, reminds yeah. me of Have you been on the Twitter much today? Have you seen Tony Robbins blowing up? Uh, yeah, I haven't. I haven't paid oh. attention to it. Oh, I watched a thirty second video, and he's t- it's so it's so it must be hard to be Tony Robbins in the conversation because he's a fucking giant, <laughs> over towering over this woman who's at a gigantic Tony Robbins thing standing up. It was really brave of her, but. He said just the other day, or in whatever, I wish I could do Tony Robbins, but I can't. Um, I was talking to a friend who said he had three great candidates for a job, and one was an attractive woman, but he felt like he couldn't. Ah, shut up. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's like I'm afraid to write women now. I'm afraid to hire an attractive lady. Yeah, no. You're, if, if you are, the problem is not. The problem is with you. Yep. Um, is there anywhere you write regularly? Uh, I I have written for Eater and uh, and Polygon and I have nothing nothing sort of I don't have a a regular column or anything and I had a couple of coworkers who were like you should spin this into into something and I'm like that's that's not how Twitter fame works Twitter fame is it does not does not actually give you any tangible benefits yeah so. I did have one I had one but I think it was like bot viral <laughs> uh, a friend of mine did one of the first and most wonderful. 
put the Stranger Things set on the on the Melania <laughs> uh, on, on the Melania White House. The Christmas uh, thing. Yes. Yeah. And uh, several did it after, but it was very early, and like uh, over a thousand people retweeted it. But most of them were in South and Central America, and so I thought these aren't. I don't know if these are people who actually. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But that was the only moment. So you and Mark Popham. Host, it's actually pronounced Popham. Popham. Yes. Host. I haven't seen that. Yes. And is it, is it a weekly? Uh, it's sort of, it, it's it's a little bit irregular now because um, we've been doing it for four years and Mark has a, an 18, about 18 month old baby. So so we, we, we try to do it every week, but it, it, it's sort of shaken out to every, about every two weeks these days because of uh, of his schedule and just how working working a full life and having a child is exhausting and sometimes you can't be entertaining for an hour and you don't have to that's the other thing i've learned i've, I've got a couple five minute episodes I, most mm -hmm. are around an hour but whatever yeah works. We, we we tend to you know it's somewhere in between an hour and an hour and a half it's yeah we don't have a set time or a set format or even we never even really came up with a concept yeah so so i haven't seen that doesn't relate to anything in particular <laughs> The story is that we we met on Twitter. Again, this is my life is on Twitter. And we just really hit it off and we were you were we were talking and you know, we we wrote a couple things together and this was all without meeting. And we just were like we should do a podcast. Let's do a podcast. And I was like let's just have our first ever conversation and record it and that will be the first episode of our podcast. So if you listen to the first episode of our podcast, it is just it's literally our first conversation. I will. And yeah, it's and you know we we were like well we we were able to talk for you know an hour and we we felt we had a good chemistry let's keep doing this and just see what it happens and a lot of it was and uh, it I think as is common a conversation that you have when you're getting to know people in today's uh, media landscape you kind of learn about people by what they have and haven't seen so mm -hmm. it's a lot it's a lot of I, I always called it uh, uh, learning through each other's ignorance yeah. 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 And when we had guests on for a while and we would ask them, uh, what's, what's something you haven't seen, but in, in the, the post, uh, baby era, we have, when, when scheduling is really difficult, we, we have dropped the guests and the show got more popular after we dropped the guests. So people just like, they like listening to, to, two good friends chat about stuff and goof around. So it's, it seems to be like a, a one of the more like a podcast concept from, you know, 2007 when podcasts didn't need to have concepts. So yeah, well, I I'm leaning back towards uh, not pursuing people of note unless you know I'm it it makes perfect sense or I know them, and towards returning to people who I know I like talking to because when I listen to a show like like yours, or recently um what's her name she goes by this tall awkward girl. Uh, Boston comic. She just started doing a new podcast with someone who was just a follower of hers on, not just, but who was a follower of hers on Twitter who decided, I'll be the host of your podcast. And uh, and it's good. But after their first episode, I wrote her, to, or him, to say, I, you, it seems like you two haven't met before. Talk to us about this. And then we'll be more. And, and they, they have been more like... And so they were pretending like they'd known each other as host and mm -hmm. and 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 talent forever. But uh, yeah, people just talking to each other, yeah, um, is really great. And when some of the bigger ones, when they when when Marin works, it's because he's actually in the room. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's always in the room, but you know what I mean? He's present. He's attached to the person in present instead of trying to impress the stranger. Uh-huh. Yeah. When he talks to friends of his, it's better. Yeah, when when we were having guests, a lot of it was just I I call it like me tricking Twitter friends into having a phone conversation with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we never I had like maybe one or one or two people who were actually of note, but they were all people that I knew via Twitter, and it was just it's like let me trick you into having a hour long phone conversation with me. But it's not it's nicer to just have a have a conversation with with my best friend yeah. every every two weeks or so. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Do you do it live? Or I mean, in the room with him, or we do the, it. We do it phone? over Skype, even though we both live in New York. We do it over Skype just because it's it's easier. Yeah, I tell people that all the time, and I think people are more comfortable, uh, especially yeah. when I when it's with, with someone I don't know or a friend who doesn't usually do media, to not have a a, a device in between us. They they're sitting with a with a glass of wine, and I'm talking to them. Yeah, far away. But I guess even you know Terry Gross does that, and she's in the same building a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Yeah, she. They, she has them in a separate studio. Huh. Yeah, she doesn't face her guests eye to eye. I can see that that was another reason that, that I felt um, a little uncomfortable with the idea of doing the the BBC TV interview because I thought I because I felt per- perfectly comfortable talking on the radio because that's one of my hobbies is talking on in the internet. But you know, having the the you know eyes on me and actually having to look at someone, I was like, oh, I I feel like I would not come off as cool there, or, or especially because they they were like, oh, you could come into the studio, the New York studio, and I was like, oh my god, no, I can't handle that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while it would be an adventure. Well, yeah. it would be adventure if 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 you had asked me on Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, actually, the last one I the last uh, Skype I did was with Annie, uh, who I mentioned earlier, and. We left the video on because we haven't seen each other in a while, and I think I would have been at my I would have been better at making the show if we hadn't been looking at each other, because not we weren't just looking at each other, but it was all Skypey and it would cut in and out, and it was very distract distracting. Well, I hope that uh, I look forward to following you more, and and I go I'd love to from if you were I, I'll I'll write you about this, but I'd love to if there's a particular week with a particular tweet by someone else that's worth having a conversation about, I'd like to bring that into this show more mm-hmm. for people who, you know, kind of like a tweet, tw- Twitter for rookies. <laughs> Here's a big, big tweet of the week. I tried making a medium weekly digest for a while of like my favorite tweets of the week <laughs> and nobody read it and it took four fucking ever to make. So yeah, that, well. took, that took care of that. Um, well, Congratulations. <laughs> I, I I hope you enjoyed it more than not. It seems like you did. Yeah, yeah. It was it was weird. It was very weird. I I I think the weirdest moment was when the BBC interview was on. I I had finished work and I didn't want to just sit around the office for 45 minutes while you know, my my day job because writers have day jobs. Um, and, and we'll listen to it. So, and I was also like, I need a beer. <laughs> so I went to a dive bar near work. So, you know, Bon Jovi is playing in the back, in the background while I drink a, a bottled beer and listen to, the, <laughs> listen to BBC news. So I was like, this is weird. This is a weird experience. That seems like a great way to do it. Yeah. And, uh, it must've been good making your high school teachers proud. It, it did feel good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for talking. It's really good to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope I hope I put out the good content. I, I, hope. I think you did. <laughs> uh, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
I'm guessing at this point you realize the best place to find Whitney Reynolds is on Twitter, where you can find her at Whitney Arner. I didn't ask her what Arner was for. W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-A-R-N-E-R. Maybe the Y is serving two purposes, and it's Whitney Yarner. But I haven't seen her tweet anything about, say, knitting or storytelling. Never mind. Go check out, but not necessarily follow, because it's really up to you, and she has no responsibility to note that you are following her. <laughs> Whitney Reynolds. Uh, while there were many amazing responses of the variety of lampooning the misogyny of the male authorial gaze, there were also some that took wonderfully odd and unexpected turns, and I thought I'd share just one with you. From at Lindsay Patton, spelled as it sounds. Her golden mane caught the early morning rays as she shook it out effortlessly. She looked good for her age, and sometimes you could see flashes of youth. Do you want to go outside? A voice said. She went outside, crouched, defecated, and kicked up the grass with grace. If you enjoy stories like this about virality, we did have one other episode, episode 10, which was the story of a IRL friend of mine, Soren Mason Temple, and her friend, now also a pal in real life, Dave Rothstein, who collaborated on an Instagram video that overnight reached millions and blew their minds. And that's episode 10. You can find all of our episodes uh, to this show, which you should feel free to make go as viral as you want. I will probably not be able to say no to anything like that for a long time. And when I do, I will be a happier person. Uh, by going to 15minutesjamieberger.com, that's 1-5-M-I-N-U-T-E-S-J-A-M-I-E-B-E-R-G-E-R. Dot com, uh, where you will find episodes with the likes of my friend Tim from San Francisco to David Sedaris and George Saunders and Brooke Gladstone and Maeve Higgins and the list goes on. So newcomers, please go take a look. And oh, uh, duh, uh, find me on Twitter at 15MinsJamieB. Thanks for tuning in. I hope I'll see some of you for not just publicity, but now community on Twitter. It sounds like fun. Ed Patnode is the engineer. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger.